Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number eight. What is going on, Adamantomaniacs? We've got a great show for you today, one that I am particularly excited for. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge pro wrestling fan, and today we've got our first wrestler on the show. It's two-time Impact Wrestling X Division champion, Petey Williams. Uh, Petey just made his return to Impact Wrestling after a three-year hiatus. We talk about that. Uh, and he was in town doing an Impact TV taping at a Destiny Wrestling event. And we recorded the podcast from the kitchen of the venue while they were setting up for the event. If you've never heard of Petey Williams before, he's the creator of the Front Flip Pile Driver, better known as the Canadian Destroyer. Uh, if you've never seen it before, definitely go on YouTube right now. It is a crazy finishing move. Also, if you're not even a wrestling fan, it's a very interesting podcast. Petey is also in a band, and we talk about that and all his favorite music. So I'm very excited for you to hear this interview. But quickly, before we get started, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, if you could take a quick moment to leave us a rating and review, that would be very helpful as it helps us broaden our reach so that we can get even more great guests on the show. And as always, don't forget to follow us on social media. On Facebook, it's at The Adamantium Podcast. On Instagram, at The Adamantium. And on Twitter, at Adam R. Harrison. But you can search The Adamantium on all of them. So without further ado, let's get started with Petey Williams. Enjoy. Petey? How's she going, eh? Good. Um, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, thanks for having me. First time on Destiny Wrestling? Yeah, I mean, as long as I've, you know, I've wrestled the Toronto area a lot, um, you know, all different types of companies and everything like that, but yeah, that's the first time that, uh, that Destiny has had me, and it's, it's probably because... Um, we're filming for Impact tonight. Okay. So I know Impact, you know, with their scheduling and all that kind of stuff now, um, they have to kind of s- film off location because we only film for like six days and we're trying to film three months in six days, but it's just, right, okay. it, we're not able to, to, to fit everything in. Okay. So we try to do it throughout the time by the time like we come back like within those three months so is your match to say the is your match tonight the only impact match that's happening on this card that's a good question yeah and i don't know the answer to that it's kind of interesting how they're going to piece it together yeah and if you watch the show um you know like we'll we'll film something and like i i know when they write the show and all that kind of stuff they have a an idea of everything and then they'll be like they'll, they'll see the upcoming shows coming for the next three months and they'll mm-hmm. be like okay you know we'll have PD versus Seidel we'll put that on this episode of Impact Okay. so we'll leave this segment that'll be we'll film that later mm-hmm. so they try to piece it as much as they can together like that and a lot of it since we film so much content in that six days right a lot of it is post-production okay yeah so so I guess they've strayed away from the six-sided ring then if if you're doing it in different promotions well not only that so i went down to impact on you know this past one we just filmed last weekend and uh i show up to the arena and the six-sided ring is gone so now it's the four-sided ring so it looks like that's what we're we're staying with yeah was it hard the first time was it hard to adapt to the six-sided ring or uh i don't think so okay um i remember doing it back in june of uh was it yeah it was june of 2004 okay so a long time ago. This is the first time. 
Yeah, and, you know, it was our first time on Fox Sports, and that first time in the Orlando, uh, you know, Universal Studios. Yeah. And we just signed that TV deal with Fox, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we went down there. They told us we were going to do a six-sided ring, and then we kind of go there. And I remember being in the very first match right. ever in that six-sided really? ring. Yeah, You were the first six-sided? Yeah, it was okay. like, I want to say it was like myself, Bobby Roode, and Eric Young versus... Uh, um, who was it? Like Red, Amazing Red, like Sanjay Dutt and Hector Garza. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was it, it, it was it was really good. And yeah. uh, I remember being in there. And the thing is, whenever you have a new, a, a ring's pretty much a prop. Doesn't right. matter if it's four, six, eight and sides. They're all different sizes too. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, like sixteen foot, eighteen, twenty. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't matter. It, and we've just had a match. You learn to work. You learn to work at yeah. anything. And uh, so it's a prop, pretty much. Like we just had a show where we filmed off location for Impact, and the the ring broke essentially. The, the really? ropes were props, and okay. I think just they aired another um, match from that card just this past week on uh, Impact, and the the you could tell the ropes were kind of saggy and stuff. You couldn't hit the ropes. Really? Like you just couldn't. Like it was something broke and we couldn't do it. So we had to work around that. But going back to it, when you have a different like you have six sides, then you start coming up with ideas like what can we do creatively? Right. So now you're using the ring like to try to use the six sides and stuff. So I never, I, I could care less if it's four sides right. or six sides. It's it's going to be the same type of match. Right. Yeah. So now you you recently came out of retirement. Yeah. So I, I was trying to find it online, but I couldn't find any kind of information document. How come you retired in the first place? Um, you know, I, just, I I had my like personal reasons and stuff like that. That's probably why you didn't okay. find anything right, okay. online. So it wasn't injury related nope, or anything like not that. Not injury related. Um, I was getting ready to. I, I knew I was gonna. My career was gonna be wrapping up and stuff like that. Okay. And it just so happened that um, I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe this show is like July 5th of uh, 2014. I'm like, this will probably be my last show. And I just tweeted Sanjay. I'm like, hey, this is my last show. And then it blew up. Like, and people are like, oh, it's your last show. And I. You know, wrestled Chris Saban and stuff, yeah. and, and uh, you guys got a lot of chemistry, you and Chris. Yeah, so you know, for the promotion, uh, it was X for XICW, just a, a local show that we yeah. have in the area, and uh, it was Chris Saban. He had just been granted his release from TNA. Okay. At the time, Impact Wrestling. Yeah. And he, you know, he was world champion there, multi-time exhibition champion, tag champion. He's won all the belts, mm-hmm. and it was his big return to Michigan, to his own right area, and. Uh, I just told the promoter, I said, hey, Malcolm, I said, this can be my last match. I said, I don't know what you have planned for me, but I would either like to wrestle. I said, I asked him, like, who do you have on the card? Or I looked at the card and I said, I'd either like to wrestle Saban or this guy named Gutter. And the reason why I picked Gutter is because he was my first ever Never match. 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 Okay. You know, um, whatever, like 15, back 14, Windsor. 15 years prior. Really? Um, and it was, yeah, it was back in Windsor on a street corner, wow. pretty much, you know, and uh, it was an outdoor show, so I thought it'd be cool if we did like full circle, and I was really content. I'm like, this is it, I'm I'm done, and uh, I felt bad for Saban because, you know, it was his big return, and it was supposed to be a big deal, and you know, people were happy, but they were like also, it it, it was about me and my retirement, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to like you know, step on his toes or steal his thunder or anything like that, but you know, I think you just felt privileged, like, hey right. man, I'm gonna be your last match, so I don't I don't I even care about my big he, Well, he's still running pretty strong too, and yeah, he's at Ring of Honor. Yeah, now, he's right? at Ring yeah. of Honor, yeah, and he's doing great with Alex Shelley as the Motor City Machine Gun. So those guys have always been like my closest friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've did the scene together and all that kind of stuff, trained together and everything, worked our way up together. And uh, it was great. And then 
you know, so many times people have tried to come, get me to come back. So what made you decide to come back? Yeah, so I yeah. was, you know, put my daughter down. So since then, yeah, you know, I remember my last match. My wife was pregnant with, uh, with, with my three-year-old now. Okay. And uh, you know, they they had her come in the ring and all that kind of stuff at the end, and big send-off. And then, um, you know, I also have a seven-year-old. Okay. Um, but my other two kids have never known me to wrestle. Okay. And even my seven-year-old didn't get it right. when she was four. Yeah. Right. Of course. And I never really talked about it or anything yeah. like that. And. Uh, yeah, so Scott Demore, February actually of last year, he he shot me a text. How are things going with the family? You know, just shooting the breeze. He's like, you know, your your name keeps coming up at creative meetings. Hmm. You know, how about you come back? He's like, I think you would like our schedule now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, you know, it was supposed to be every six weeks they filmed for like four days. That's right. what it was supposed to be. It wasn't that wasn't the schedule that we know mm-hmm. now. And I said, no, you know, I said I'm pretty content with my life and all that kind of stuff. This is what I have going on. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then we, we talked a little bit more, and then he started asking about the kids. And I said, actually, you know, I have another one now. He's son. He's, uh, at the time, I think just like like six months old or something right. like that. And then he just shot it out there. He said, you know, well, I just figured maybe uh, your kids might want to see what their dad used to do. Dude. <laughs> and I'm okay. like, man. Yeah. And that's what kind of got me. Like, I, I went over to my wife, and I said, well, you know, listen to this ridiculous conversation I had with, with Damore. Yeah. And then I explained it kind of like rolling my eyes to him she said do it and I'm like whoa hold, what yeah she's like go oh, do it and I'm like I, I don't think you understand like I'll be gone gone in the lot yeah you know we got kids like it's you'll be like a single I, she's like I got this stuff here go do it and she was like my biggest supporter like I couldn't have done it without really? her and uh and she wasn't there for my first run right you know? but you know she, she was there when I retired and came back and stuff and does she get to come out to many of the shows or yeah, the, the, the biggest one was, uh, we just had one, um, just, just like 20 minutes from my house, and we actually filmed it for Impact and stuff, and we're in the U.S., and um, she brought all, all the kids. Oh, great. You know, wh- so held, they've seen yeah, held the dad. baby there, like, for wow. for the entire time. Her arm was, like, falling off, but, um, and it was great, because, you know, even in the U.S. Was that her first experience of you no. wrestling? Okay. No, I mean, she she's seen me wrestle before. Okay. She's not a wrestling fan. Okay. Knows nothing. I do my podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Wrestling Perspective with uh, with Dennis. With Dennis, Farrell. yeah. yeah. And uh, we actually had her on the show because it's 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 funny. Just, yeah. Because she has knows nothing about wrestling, so right. we'll play something like, hey, I'll show you a picture. And since this is all audio, I'll describe the person. So I'll say, okay, this person... You know, he's wearing gloves, and on his gloves, when you put them together, it says P1. Yeah. And, like, he has, like, a soccer mom haircut, and, you know, he's wearing a vest, and he's got, you know, bright blue eyes. What do you think his name is? And she'd be like, well, you know, um, I know how they are. That P1 is probably something, so I'd say, like, I don't know, preset one. (laughs) And then Dennis, he doesn't know the answer. He's like, yeah, that's the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. Yeah. And she's like, oh, AJ, yeah. He's like, yeah, your buddy's with AJ. Yeah. <laughs> she has no, no idea. idea. Yeah. You know, so it, it's, it's we think it's funny. But then again, you know, she's the normal person. Right. We're, we're the weird ones that like wrestling, of right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's so. Always, it's always funny talking to people who have kind of no recollection of the wrestling industry and, and what it's really like, you know, from an outsider's perspective. It is a. Yeah, she has and, no yeah. zero, and it's funny if I watch it with her. She's like, "Why did they do that? That doesn't make sense." Yeah, and I'm like, "Yeah, wrestling's, you know, it, it's pretty much we're telling a story in the ring how we see fit." Right. You know, trying to make it make sense, but I think everybody knows you can't shoot somebody off a rope. Yeah. And you're gonna bounce back. 
Yeah. You know, like it just some things we accept. Yeah. Kind of like in a movie. Right. You know, you got a guy with a gun. Maybe he's got 12 rounds in there, like the handgun, and he's shooting forever. Yeah. We just accept that. You know, like that's just part of the movie. It's the drama behind it and all that, all that kind of stuff. Maybe putting putting the ring together in the background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so how did you spend? It always it's always interesting to see. I always read those articles. You know, the years after, like when when wrestlers retire and what they're doing now. So what did what did you do for the three years? Um, I did some stuff. Uh, actually, I can't really talk about it. I got. Uh, um, I'm American now, so I got some like federal clearance and stuff like that. I got. Uh, you know. Let's just say I got like a DEA license and stuff okay. like that. So yeah, you know, I got some some private stuff going on. Um, actually, we were just driving up here today, and I got us out of a ticket. So okay. I got Demore. Demore's license plates were expired <laughs> and stuff. And then um, I was waiting for it to jump in. You know, I, I was playing it cool, and uh, he said, uh, "You know, you guys all work together." So I jumped in, told him what I do, explained it. And he's like, "Oh man," he's like, "Can I see your ID?" And I showed it to him, and he's like, "I'll be right back." And uh, um, he gave us four free coupons for hot chocolate. So not only did we <laughs> yeah, get a yeah, yeah, ticket, you, we got, you got something. Out, you, you, yeah. you you benefited from getting pulled over. Yeah. So the OP, OPP Ontario yeah. Provincial Police, you know, kudos to them for yeah. uh, you know. So um, yeah. So I mean, you know, I don't I don't really discuss all that and stuff like that just because I actually can't. Right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I actually can't. Okay. So on this this run now yeah. that you're doing, what what goals do you have for yourself? In this run, is there is did you set goals in place for your comeback, or are you kind of just like playing it? No, I actually yeah. did the opposite the first okay. time around. My goal, like you know, my primary goal is to I was determined to be a wrestler, right? Yes, right. And work out and do all that kind of stuff. I actually just wanted to go through it, and then I was like, I just want to have one match. That was my goal. Okay. And then I achieved that. Now I'm like, okay, you know, in this TNA impacts right. start coming around I'm like I'd love to go there you know guys but I wrestle with like Saban go there yeah. and then I, I made it there mm-hmm. then my next goal is like I'd love to have a contract with them mm-hmm. yeah. so I always made goals for myself and this time around I didn't have one because I, I think before I was so busy making goals right. and uh, trying to achieve them I, I kind of like missed the opportunity to kind of like step back Enjoy and just the moment yeah. yeah so now I'm having fun. Right. And I think that's why I'm enjoying it well, so much. You, you don't have anything to prove at this point, you know? You're, no, and yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I really don't. It's not like I'm expecting to, like, change the world or anything like that. Nothing like that. I just, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm just going to have fun this time around. That's, that's the goal. So what about, uh, I guess, and I can you kind of answered the question already, um, especially with the schedule and stuff. So WWE, NXT wouldn't be kind of in your, your, your goal set at this point, no? Yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't really have uh, aspirations to go there. Yeah. I know, and, and I, I've talked to some people, and they said, hey, why don't you go to, like, NXT? Why are you doing... And I said, listen, I, I know where I'm at in my life. Like, I, I have family, you know, more all that kind of stuff that I've built. I, I know, like, if you were to go to somewhere like NXT, I'd be making... I know less money than what I'm making now to start, but with a potential for, right. for you know, long-term growth yeah. and stuff. But then again, they, they want you to go to the performance center, move down to Orlando or down the area and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I, I you know, I, I, I can't leave where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, so that's that hasn't been one of my goals. Okay. Um, you know, now I'm not going to say that 
I don't know. Like, I'm loyal to what's going on with Impact, right? I'm loyal to Scott Demore. He's the guy that trained me, you know? Sanjay Dutt, one of the head writers. Like, me and him have been very close friends for years. You know, I would never do anything to blindside them or anything like that. Um, but I know, like, I say if something happened where it worked out where, you know, maybe I go to WWE or NXT or something like that mm-hmm. um, where I didn't have to move down there. Everything lined up. All the stars were perfect or whatever. Right, right. Um, you know, I don't think they would have a problem with it. Okay. Because, you know, I think our, our personal friendship is a little bit more than, you know, the business side. Right. Am I looking to leave? Absolutely not, because I'm having a great time. And I think that's part of it why I'm staying. I know right. that, you know, you hear stories about people leaving WWE because they're not happy and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. This time around... You're just having a blast. Yeah, I'm in it to be happy. Right. And to have fun this that's time. Great. I'm not in it to, like... And I mean, that's what it should be. It's a yeah, you know, it's and a I, fun, I it's and that, that's when, when I started like um, way back, like um, like whatever, seventeen, eighteen years ago. Mm-hmm. That's why I got in in the first place. I wasn't because making any it. money, right? Right. I, I loved it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That's when I was the happiest. Right. And I'm like, I need to go back. To that. Get back to there. It's funny, you know what? You mentioned earlier that you're not trying to, you're not going to change the world or anything like that. But in a way, you kind of are in the in the books. For yeah. something, and I mean, I, I'm sure every interview you talk about this, but I mean, you got Ric Flair. He owns the the, the figure four leg lock. Mm-hmm. You've got Hulk Hogan. He owns the leg drop, stuff like that. But if you look up front flip pile driver, yeah, it's owned by Petey Williams. Yeah, the Canadian destroyer. The, the yeah. Canadian destroyer. Yeah, and what's funny is like you mentioned those names. Those are all WWE guys. Yeah, guys that are legends. Right, in and this that's business. the other thing too. Like absolute legends. Yeah, and so I mean, yeah, and I'm. I'm and that's the thing why I think I was content on leaving. Yeah. I'm like, how do I top that? Yeah. I'm like, how do I? You, you can't, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I base my matches around. I know right. that, that that's my bread and butter, and that's what I do. So I know whether I retire three years ago and stayed retired or if today's my last match. Right. It, it doesn't matter because I know, like, 20, 30, 40 years from now, I'll be sitting in front of a television, you know, still loving wrestling. Yeah. Uh, for what, whatever company's the company then. Yeah. And I'll be with my grandkids or something like that. And I know there's going to be some kid that's probably not even born yet. Yeah. Doing the Canadian Destroyer. Destroyer. And you can tell and, your kids. Yeah. And not too many people can say they've left no, their mark on wrestling forever. Right. You know, a lot of great wrestlers, but like, okay, what what did, you know, and sometimes people bring up legends that I don't even know. Like yeah. way, way back in the right, 50s and 60s. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, I don't... I don't know. But then if you bring up certain people, you're like, yeah, I know him. Yeah. He, he was, he did this or right. whatever. So I'm, I'm really happy and content with that. And It's funny. When I, uh, I, I loved wrestling as a kid, and I, I guess I fell out of it for, I think, a period in the end of high school, university. And when I watched it, there was a, the gap that I took off when I watched it again. It was the difference between watching it as a a youth and yeah. watching it as an adult mm-hmm. and you see it in a, you, you watch wrestling in a completely different light when you're an adult um, and I guess now I, I when I was a kid I only knew WWE and WCW yeah but when I when I started watching wrestling again I found out about the indies and people would show me videos about and someone the first time I saw someone's like watch this and it was like the top 100 Canadian destroyers or something and I think yeah. I popped on every single one because yeah. and that, that's how usually the word got out like I just I'm trying to think of who I was talking to yesterday. I think it was a guy that I wrestled actually yesterday. Yeah. Um, and he said that, you know, I didn't watch Impact or TNA or yeah. whatever. And it was 2000, whatever year he said it was, 2005, I think. And he said he was like 16 years old at the time. And his buddy was like, hey, man, 
you got to see this move. Have you ever heard of the Canadian destroyer? And he's like, no. So everybody has that. They've either witnessed the it. Where they first witnessed yeah. it. Yeah. So it's good. Like people will say like, you know, where were you when Mick Foley won the world title? Right. Or where were you when this happened? Or yeah. that you could be like, do you remember when you first saw time. your first yeah. Canadian destroyer? And people can usually. Yeah. Say I remember that. who showed it to me. And yeah. yeah. And I, I remember the first person I gave him the destroyer to. That was my next question. So was, I'm sure you've been asked a thousand times, but how did you first think of the Canadian destroyer? And who was the first person to, to ever take it? Um, the destroyer, it was, we were just having a conversation with Saban and Truth Martini and I think Brian Gorey. We were driving to Highland, Indiana for a IWA Mid-South show for Ian Rotten. And, you know, we were, we were talking about it. I don't know how it came up. And then I said, Saban, we should do that. And he was like, okay. I said, well, where, where should we put it? And we didn't really know, like, because mm-hmm. we never seen We couldn't envision it. We didn't know how it was going to turn out. Like, do we do it as a cutoff? Do we do it as a... Didn't even think of it as a finish. Right. Because we, we have our own finishes right. you know, at the time. So we ended up not doing it because we didn't know. And then the next month, I went down there, and I was going to wrestle Matt Seidel. Yeah. Funny, because I'm wrestling him tonight. Tonight, yeah. And uh, I said, Matt, I said, I, I got this new move. That I want to try, and anybody, any anytime a wrestler hears that, yeah, I know me. Somebody like, says, "Hey, oh I got this new move I want to try." I'm like, uh, "Maybe not tonight." But. Yeah, but I was like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Well, what is it?" And I tell him, and I didn't even know how to describe it. I said, "You know, you just, I go like this, and then I hook you here, and then I flip forward, and you flip backwards." It's like, okay, that's it. That's, that's yeah. all we talked about. Okay, I had no idea how it was going to turn out, and we did it, and that place went absolutely nuts. Right, like you could see the fans are sitting down the whole time, and they actually so get up. Side out that it was. Yeah, Seidel was yeah, the very wild. first one. And then, uh, I mean, that was just from there. It was history. IW Mid-South in that that venue. Yeah. Like, he didn't do that good business elsewhere, but Highland, Indiana, he always drew very well. Okay. And, uh, you know, within months, you know, he's, I was like his world champion and right. stuff. And then I was trying to do the move, you know, just trying to get it over and explain it to people. This is before YouTube and all that right. stuff. So to describe it to somebody I couldn't just show them a video or anything right. and it was hard to get people were like oh, I'm afraid of it and all that kind of stuff and and then before you know it now I, I walk into an arena and there'll be wrestlers lined up to take it to take it really? I don't even have to ask anymore yeah you know and I, like, I'm like oh okay yeah. so I mean that that's where we've gotten <laughs> that's where it's gotten yeah. so someone like you I actually I, I admire someone like you because um, I mean you're from a small town in Canada mm-hmm. small-ish town yeah. in Canada yeah. You're not a huge guy, mm-hmm. and yet you've made it in this business. Mm-hmm. What, what motivated you? Because I mean, I'm sure there's there was tons of people that told you, "Ah, oh, you're too little. You're too," mm-hmm. you know. What motivated you to make it as a pro wrestler? That was it right there. I'm very. When people tell me you can't do something, do something. It, oh man, I don't know if I want to prove them wrong, but I they just don't know me. Like I've wanted to do this since mm-hmm. I was six years old. Like when I watched like my first wrestling match, it might have even been before that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I knew I had to work out and stuff like that. Yeah. And all that. So I started hitting the gym and my goal was like, you know, I'm going to train to be a wrestler. And even the first time I, I didn't even know where to go. Mm-hmm. I was, I was at a bar one time watching uh, like a WrestleMania yeah. and uh, I actually got kicked out cause I was too young, even though they said <laughs> we could come, you know, and it's, it was a really weird thing, but there was a flyer on there for a border city wrestling show. Okay. And uh, the guy that was handing out flyers was sitting next to me. I'm like, Hey, what? You know? And then he called this number, yeah. you know, asked for Scott Demore. So I called it because I said I want to train to do this. So yeah. I called it and Scott returned my message and he said, "Well, how tall are you?" I'm like five foot nine. How, like, how much you weigh? A hundred nothing. He's like, "Well, 
you're going to have to put on some weight then. Yeah. I'm like, I know, but man, I'm really excited. He's all right. Well, I think it's back when he was doing like job match with WCW. He's like, right. I got to go out of town for a week or whatever. Um, I'll call you when I get back. He never called me. Right. Okay. So I'm like, oh, well, maybe it wasn't meant to be, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I, I ran into this guy at the gym that worked at the gym, very small gym. Like he was the trainer slash cleaner slash, you know, attendant at the front desk. And he was a wrestling fan. We talked about both of us being wrestlers, mm-hmm. and then he ran into a guy that was a local wrestler that actually trained and, and, and worked for Border City Wrestling. So he went there, and he, he he went to a practice, and then he asked Scott, "Hey, I got a friend that wants to, you know, go. Who is me?" And he said, "Yeah, bring him along." And you know, I went there the next night, and the rest is history. And Scott even still said, like, you're too small and stuff like that. Right. And it, it was winter, so I had, like, this baggy, like, sweater on and everything. And uh, I think when it started getting warmer or whatever, when I took off my shirt, I had a tank top on. And he's like, whoa, man, you know, you're kind of <laughs> cut, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. okay, maybe we can do something with you. Yeah. But he knew I was, like, a great worker and stuff like that. He's right. like, man, I just wish, you know, you were a little you're, bit bigger. But this is prior yeah impact was even started right so what's what's the highest weight you ever got up to oh like 170 something yeah yeah and did you find it ever slowed you down or anything like that yeah maybe a little bit yeah yeah so what's your like ideal weight um it doesn't matter it doesn't matter right yeah like in the 160s or whatever like just something I, I was trying to get bigger and stuff like that and it's hard to you know, get 160s man and someone who's 5'7 is yeah you and know? you know that that's what I am but even when I got up to the 170 I, I saw it slow me down and got me out of breath and stuff and it's hard to put on weight you know yeah, and stay it, lean we don't have an well, off it season. depends on your body but I'm the same I'm a soccer player in my body type I can't put on weight no I got yeah. up to 160 once oh, I, mean, I, I can put I on weight on but I mean will it be good weight like that's I can it. eat McDonald's all right, day long right of course that's what I mean but, but to uh, stay lean you know I don't I, I can't just be like oh I'm going to take two months off and then uh, you know bulk up and then cut right like it's the same bodybuilding no. yeah this is all year round yeah you know that's sports alright so we talk, We also I, I, I do a lot of work in the, in the music industry as mm-hmm. well yeah and uh you play guitar in a band, or yeah. you, or you did. I don't know if if you guys yeah. are still playing together. No, I've been playing guitar for like twenty four years. Really? Yeah. So you put you have a band with Chris Saban and Alex, Alex Shelley. Shelley. Yeah, called yeah. the High Crusade. The, the High Crusade. Yeah. Yeah. How did this? How did it first come about? Yeah. So we uh, remember Rock Band. Yeah, of course. Guitar Hero. And stuff. Yeah. So before Guitar Hero, it was just the guitar. Right. And then they made the. You had all the instruments. But right. Prior to that, they had Rock Band, and we'd hang out at Saban's house. We get the things out and. We'd all play instruments, and it'd be awesome. And uh, we said, hey, we all play real instruments. Why don't we form a real band? Yeah. And we're like, oh, that's a good idea. So the drummer is, was one of Saban's friends, and then uh, he's like, you know, he was the sound engineer and stuff like that. He mm-hmm. actually owned a studio. Oh, uh, right now he works for Amazon recording, like, audiobooks and stuff okay. like that. Um, but, yeah, so I we were like, yeah, let's do this. We, you know, came up with some songs and stuff. I play guitar. You know, Shelly sang and Saban played bass. We had another guy come in to play guitar as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, we've only done like three shows total. Okay. Yeah, and but we recorded an album. Yeah, I saw that. You and, put out uh, an album. You know, we put it out there. We had some like, uh, uh, like, like platinum and gold packages where you got okay. like a t-shirt and all this all other right. type of memorabilia and it sold pretty well it paid yeah. for the album right away oh, there you go we played three yeah. shows yeah. <laughs> you know and like you know it's we all come from different music backgrounds like I'm I was really like my 
big thing to get me in guitar and stuff like that. I was in like the the grunge era, you know, like yeah, that's, of course, that's yeah. that's where I grew up and stuff. Love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if it wasn't for like, you know, Nirvana, Kurt Cobain doing those simple, easy chord progressions right. and stuff like that. I mean, that was so cool to play. I get to play like "Smells Like Teen Spirit" right. four chords, right? And I felt like an awesome rock star. Was that the first song you learned? No, I, I first song I learned. I want to say it was. Um, oh man, it, I th- it might have been like "Angry Chair" by Alice in yeah, Chains. Yeah, yeah. Power uh, chords. Like, yeah, no, like, it was because it was like just the opening riff. It wasn't a power chord. Right, it was just okay. like picking. And then, you know, the, the opening line to, like, Nothing Else Matters, which is right. all open picking. Open picking is all. And yeah. then, you know, and then Nirvana was, like, the first songs I did learn because yeah. everything was an easy power chord. Right. You know, and I was just like, man, I'm a, I'm a rock star. And my first one was uh, Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. That was the first one. It's four chords. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, when yeah. I started playing, Fly Away wasn't even made yet <laughs> by Lenny Kravitz. No? No, because that was probably... So that was that that song is not twenty four years old. No, no, that was probably Might be no, you're right. Like around two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There I you remember. go. That was the first because I started learning guitar two thousand and four, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll, you just taught yourself? No. So my buddy, who oh man. So there was when I hit about twelve years old. Uh, my buddy who. I was like best friends with he didn't like wrestling okay and he kind of made fun of me for watching and, stuff. and it was at that era where like they were doing like Duke the Dumpster and like oh, yeah. just horrible horrible like that early 90s right okay and I was like well maybe it's maybe it isn't cool he's, he's kind of right you know yeah and you know and I was starting to get into like you know hanging out with girls and like playing guitar and so I'm like all right, so you know, I just kind of turned off wrestling for like a few years, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, kind of did the guitar thing and all that kind of stuff. And then I remember, probably I don't know, four or five years later, back when the Attitude Era was just starting. Yeah, uh, everybody started getting yeah, stone cold. And then what was great is that guy that told me wrestling was for losers. Yeah, he started watching wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, see, so told you so. Yeah, man. And then I got right so back. Did he into teach it. you how to play guitar? Oh, yeah, so he went to, for lessons. Okay. Yeah, and then um, he's like, hey, look what I learned today. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, show that to me. Yeah. So, like, I never had formal lessons. <laughs> he mooched off his lessons. Yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> did, but we were best friends. Like, we were hung right, out every course, day and yeah. stuff, and I'm like, oh, cool, you know? And then, um, yeah, and, and my first band was with him and all that okay. kind of stuff. And, yeah, I've been in bands my entire life. So who, who writes the songs for High Crusade? Or you guys write them together? So the first time, like, uh, Adam, who's the drummer, yeah. who's the engineer and stuff like that, he would come up with, like, a chord progression. Okay. And then he would come up with, a, like, a melody, maybe, yeah. not the, the lyrics. And then I remember the first time Alex Shelley was like, well, what do I write this song about? I'm like, it doesn't matter, man. You could change the lyrics. Yeah. He's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, uh, pick um, something stupid, like driving a car. Yeah. Or, or a person. Uh you know, it, it doesn't matter. And then just sing about them, you know, make it kind of rhyme, whatever. Yeah. And then later on, you can change, you it. Can, you can yeah. change it. And he's like, oh, okay. And then I think that helped him out maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I think, and he's, he's actually, he's very creative. You know, mm-hmm. he, he came up with a Maple Leaf Muscle character yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, I used to go to him, like, for help. He kind of, even his gimmick, he kind of looks like a... Almost like an AFI yeah. kind of rock star. Yeah. He's yeah. very creative, very smart. Yeah. And and then after a while, like, you know, because I would help. I remember we'd be at, like, impact tapings, 
and he'd be like, yeah, let's, you know, finish off writing this song, and then I'd up, you know, bounce ideas off of each other, come up with lyrics, stuff like that. Then after, like, maybe the first couple songs we wrote, he just kind of took it on his own. He knew what he was doing, and he did a great job at it. Yeah. That he didn't even bounce any ideas off any of us. He just... He, he got it really quick. Mm-hmm. Kind of why he's such a great pro wrestler. He right. probably got it really quick. Kind of needed a, a steer in the right direction, then he just got it. And, um, yeah, and then, you know, like, we'd have, like, a simple maybe verse and chorus. Yeah. Um, and then maybe collectively we'd all come up with an idea for, like, maybe some sort of, like, pre-chorus or some sort of, like, bridge, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or we might switch stuff up or, like, where we put it. So, you know, the, the lyrics was Alex Shelley. And then the maybe basic melody was was Adam. Okay. And then we'd all put like kind of our little two cents in. Will there be a second High Crusade album? Yeah. So like I said before, Adam uh, works for Amazon now, so he had to move across state. Okay. That's why we yeah, kind yeah. of broke up. Right. Okay. Um, the one guitarist he quit because he got a uh, uh, he, he had a baby and just you know too yeah. much for it's him. It's hard to keep a band together. Yeah. Like six guys. Yep. So we, we so we hired this other guy. Uh, his name was Rob, and he had this big dreadlocks. Looked like he like belonged in corn or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But he like bluesy type stuff. Yeah. And it's it, he was awesome, you know. So I'm like, okay. So we, we used him for a little bit, and then uh, Adam moved across state, and then that was it. Like we were actually recording. We we almost finished recording our second album. Almost. We we were like, and I don't even know if we're gonna do a full album or more like something like like six songs. I think we recorded like six to eight songs. Yeah. And I don't know if he finished even, like, mixing them yet. We didn't send them out to be mastered or anything. Yeah. Um, but that's where it left off. So we were in the middle of it, and then that was it. Hmm. He moved, and that's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's always I've played in, like, four or five different bands, and that's always been the problem. Yeah. Keeping four guys on schedule, you know. Yeah. Everyone's got their own life. and Yeah, and the most yeah. successful band I was in, I was in, like, a punk band prior to that, and it was, like, just a three-piece, and this... This lead singer, man, he like, like he was super into Kurt Cobain. Okay. Like he even played left-handed guitar like him. Okay. He sang like him. But then the drummer, he was like super into like system but down like yeah. type of like heavy metal music. And you know me, the grunge guy. So our sound was really unique, and we played a lot and stuff like that. But we've never had a different member. We were together for years. Right. And I didn't even like hang out with like they hung out with each other at school. And okay. I mm-hmm. hang out with the band I used to be in, but. We weren't doing band stuff anymore, and I still wanted to be in a band, so I just, you know, we we used to play it, and it was great. He was a great musician and stuff like that, and, uh, yeah, that was probably the most, like, long-term band I was was ever in. I was on cover bands and stuff like that and all that. So if you could use, now merging music and wrestling, if you could use any song, if there was no, you know, rights, you know, problem, if you could use any song as your entrance music, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I used, since there is copyrights and all that kind of stuff, I do use one of the High Crusade Okay, yeah, yeah. music. Uh, it's Woodward. I think it's like track nine or On the album, something. okay. Yeah, something like that. It's called Woodward. And it's it's, it's great, you know, because we live down the street from Woodward, and then we talk about stuff right. that goes on in Woodward. Yeah, yeah. So really good, very creative. So um, I like using that one. I, I don't know. Like, you know who I'm really into? Um they're I, are they a Canadian band or a Detroit band um Arkells have you heard of them yeah yeah they're from yeah. Uh, Hamilton yeah okay they yeah. are a Canadian band yeah, yeah. Um, knocking at the door man I'm, Knock, I was yeah. like man that's a that's a that's great a good, yeah great and so that's where I'm at right now if you ask me before like I look at like when Tommy Dreamer comes out in Man in the Box I'm like yeah. man that's such that's, an epic yeah epic like that, that's awesome you yeah. know so 
Um, but that's where I'd be at right now. Anything but, with a good drop at the beginning. Yeah, that and that that, that Arkell song, man. That, yeah. that's, that's that's a great drop. And then, uh, but you know, I really like what I come up with. The Canadian National Anthem, man, with that little guitar riff yeah. at the beginning. I mean, that's a public domain song. So I right, mean, true. I, I just, and when that, especially like when we're in Canada, yeah. and that music it's hits, pop. I mean, there people are standing because it's our national anthem. Right. I yeah. mean, how could you not stand? <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, it's an obligation to stand. Yeah. I mean, I've been using it since 2004. Yeah. And it so just it's, feels it's like it's now. part of it. It's yours, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember talking. I talked to Kevin Nash once, and he was like, "I always wanted to come into Pearl Jam, but they wouldn't let me." <laughs> yeah, Pearl Jam. That's that's yeah. probably my favorite band of all time. Yeah. Pearl Jam. But Have you seen Pearl Jam live? Yeah, oh yeah, many times. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're great, yeah. and and no two Pearl Jam shows are ever the same. No, ever. and that's so. that's great. And I, I've seen Pearl Jam before they had Matt Cameron on the drums, and yeah. after they had him on the drums. So I'm like, man, they have a sound guy. That's like you yeah. know, awesome. Um, big fan of Audio Slave too. Yeah, um, man, I wish they would have done tragic more last year, man. Yeah, that, I mean that. Huh. Um, Cornell's in my top top three. Loved top it, man. Three, yeah. Like I, he he was such a unique singer. Unique. Like the one cover band I, I was in many cover bands, but the best one I was ever in, the lead singer, could hit Chris Cornell really? notes. That's like a, I, I've never heard anything like yeah. it before. And he was one of the the greatest lead singers that I've been in a band with. I've never been one for like a stripped down like acoustic set or anything like that. But Chris Cornell's he went on this tour where he did his whole soundbook, yeah. Audio Slave, Soundgarden, his solo stuff. And he just played it all. It's Temple of the Dog, all that stuff. Yeah, and he I've, just I've played him and so. and it's like, man, it was like actually it was at Massey Hall too, which is like one of the best mm-hmm. acoustics in the country. And man, it's like I had shivers going yeah, down my spine no. just because and the notes he was hitting. It's it literally it was just a showcase of yeah. Chris Cornell. I, yeah, I'd say he's probably one of the the better or I don't want to say the best because I stopped on my head, but he's probably one of the better like acoustic soloists. Yeah out there like I just like from like when he first started like doing like um, like sun shower and all that yeah, kind of stuff yeah, yeah. like man he's, he's such a great he knows how to make it work yeah yeah. just about anything yeah uh, well Pete before you go I know I, you have your own podcast mm-hmm. do you want to say any, anything about that or, you know to, to tell our listeners what your podcast about and yeah, so I uh, it's called the Wrestling Perspective. Mm-hmm. We're actually on uh, WrestlingInc.com. Uh, we're, we're associated with them. Uh, we try to do it weekly. Uh, since before the holidays, we kind of took some holidays off, and then I, I just got uh, you know g- got some personal things going on. So Dennis had some some other people fill in and stuff okay. like that. So we were on a little bit of a hiatus, but that's all right. We you know we'll be back mm-hmm. very shortly um, once I get things all together and everything. But yeah, I mean we talk about uh, everything like. We'll might touch on things that just happened on Raw and SmackDown. Okay. Maybe talk about predictions and stuff coming up for pay per views. How we might have you know booked things differently. What okay. uh, from a wrestler like how what I interpret things, and then him from a fan how he would interpret things, and just you know we'll talk about Impact. You know something might remind me of a story or whatever. We haven't really had any guests on yet. Okay. Um, actually, yeah, no. Um, if you ever seen, we had your wife on. Yeah, we had my <laughs> wife on. Um, Actually, he just interviewed without me, Brian Pillman's son. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then we had, uh, you probably don't know who Dan Soder is, but if, you are, if you're on Netflix, in the U.S. anyways, um, there's this little thing called, what was it called, stand-ups or something like that. Okay. And it was just a half hour of like these six different stand-ups, yep. like three males and three females. And Dan Soder's one of them, and he actually had a bit, a little bit on wrestling because he's a wrestling fan. Okay. So, you know... Uh, he interviewed him for like a half hour before we did our podcast and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, but we, we want to get some guests on, but we just, you know, we really haven't ran out of yeah. content, you know, and we just, 
we have fun doing well, especially it especially when it when when your podcast is about wrestling you never do run out of content because there's just constant content being yeah made, you know? so, so you just have to talk about that and everything yeah. um yeah, so I mean that that's pretty much what we talked about. We had my wife on, we played that one game, it's like name this wrestler and that was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And then we had uh, another one called Porn Star Wrestler. Okay. So we said a, a name. Alright. And then like uh, I don't know, like I asked her like, Hey, Sasha Banks and Sasha Gray, which one's a porn star, which one's a wrestler? <laughs> and she's like, huh. Sasha Banks is the porn star. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we got something here. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, because Sasha Banks is obviously a wrestler. Yeah, but yeah. she's like thinking banks, like money. Right, you of know? course. I, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and that was that was fun too. Like she, she, and, and I had Dennis come up with all the names. He's actually, now that you sorry, now that you just say that so many wrestler names sounds like porn stars. Yeah. Tyler Breeze, like that's. <laughs> well, no, not only that. He, I don't even think he had any current ones. He, yeah. He, and he he gave her a trick one right off the bat. It was like somebody, some porn star, and then Val Venus. Oh yeah, right. And he, she's looking Which at. Which pretty like, much Venus. was a porn star. Yeah, <laughs> and I said that was that was trick him. But then she was like, yeah. Jimmy Yang Wang. Like come yeah, on, come that yeah. sounds like a porn star <laughs> yeah. right there. And he had a but he he did a really good job with yeah. that. So um yeah I mean that's that's what we'll do we'll we'll talk and stuff like that and 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 that's that it's 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 good I li- I like doing it. That's great. Well, Petey, thank you again for coming on our podcast. Yeah, no, thanks I for having me. I hope you have a great show tonight. Thank you. And uh, hope to catch you again sometime. All right, man. All right. Appreciate it. Yep. The Adamantium.